you can put it on the board. Your Phoenix Suns are now 7-0 and zero in the Orlando bubble. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Suns Jam Session podcast. I'm John. He's Matthew. Hello. Hello, Governor. How you doing today? Oh, that wasn't an accent. It's just the way I talk. Oh, wow. I totally misread that situation. This is very, <laughs> very awkward. Uh, but we appreciate everybody pressing play and hanging out with us on the Suns Jam Session podcast. And we're actually joined by somebody who is a member of the OG Phoenix Suns podcast by the fans for the fans. So if that's the case, then I guess that we are the new wave Phoenix Suns podcast by the idiots for the geniuses. Welcome to the podcast. So says Jay. Give it up for Justin from Fanning the Flames. How are you doing this evening, my friend? Boys, I am doing I am doing well. I am doing very well. Outside of that Portland Dallas game being a little bit of a kick in the uh I'll just say stomach instead of a different uh, part of my anatomy. <laughs> Uh, other than that, I'm doing fantastic. I appreciate you guys having me on. Could have been a bigger, better podcast, but uh, Paul apparently has actual work responsibilities. Oh, so. man. Yeah, like, poor guy, huh? Missing out on this. Well, we miss you, Paul. And, uh, you know, keep accounting for things because that's what you do well. Matthew, how are you doing today, my friend? Dude, I'm doing really good. You know, I've been working till six o'clock. Now I'm here just having a beer, talking to you guys, two of my favorite men in the world. You know, that's what I'm talking moving up about, there, top man. 10 almost. Ooh, top 10. All right. Yeah. We're, we're moving up. Well, the Suns are in the top 10 right now. They're currently the 10th seed in the Western Conference. Hashtag nice segue. And we're hoping that they have an opportunity to play in the play-in game come this Saturday. Now, ahead of us, obviously, we have the Dallas Mavericks. We went through Philly today, which we're going to talk about a little bit here in a, in a couple seconds. But first and foremost, let me hit the housekeeping notes. Make sure that you follow the Suns Jam Session podcast on both Instagram and Twitter, at Suns Jam. You can follow the show uh, by stopping by sunsjamsession.com. We got a, I made a website, Justin. How cool is that? Whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, 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 yes. That's all I have to say. I mean, that's, 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 that's fantastic. I was waiting for something more. <laughs> nope, nope. You Just can follow me on Twitter shock. at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. Uh, Matthew, you can follow Justin on Twitter at So Says Jay. And this wouldn't be the Suns Jam session unless I pop open a beer. So let's get uh, this nice Dos Equis. Oh man, I nearly broke my hand on that Cut one. Your <laughs> Cheers to seven zero. Let's talk Suns, baby. So the Suns are now 7-0 in the bubble. They're 33-39 and on the season. And they had to play a depleted Philly team today. Philly just kind of threw in the towel, is probably comfortable being the number six seed. And it gave the Suns an opportunity to go out and, for the third game in a row, play a team full of G-leaguers. What are your initial thoughts on the game, Matthew? Initial thoughts? Well, this one was actually a tough one for me to watch at work because I actually had to work the whole time. But initial thoughts really is, you know, it's that back-to-back game. You forget that they played the night before. And you can really see how tired they were. Their legs were a little bit tired. DeAndre Aiden really got nothing from him. He's kind of like the new Frank Kaminsky right now on the team. But besides that, everyone really pulled it together, you know, out there, give them a good team win. That's what I took from the game. All right, what, what are you thinking, Justin? You think Aiden's the next Frank? Or yeah, is Frank you know, the next Aiden in this game? Look, look okay. First of all, they came out slow again. This seems to be like the propensity they've had pretty much throughout the bubble. They, they come out slow. They start clicking. Things start happening. Aiton has seemed off for really pretty much the entire bubble, but particularly the last two games. And last game, okay, well, obviously there was an issue there. Today, something that it seems to me like Aiton's almost sitting there thinking – Book is playing so damn well. Aiton gets the ball and me is like, where's Booker? Mm-hmm. And, and that's a mindset that he, as he gets older, hopefully gets rid of. Uh, he, he plays like he's a number one, regardless of whether he's the number one on the team or not. I, I look at like, look at Javon Carter when he played the other day, like when he went off. Book was playing great, but Javon Carter didn't give a shit if Book was playing well. If he had a shot, he's taking a shot. Aiton today, particularly, like I said, it's like he catches the ball and he immediately looks around. And then he settles for something bad. 
he he needs to pick his game up for the playoffs that the Suns are absolutely still going to make because the Grizzlies are garbage and the Nets don't sleep on the Nets. Okay. Don't sleep the, on the Nets. The thing that Aiton does at the top of the key where he holds onto the ball, is that to him you think, or just part of like the game plan, like hold it up top, set the screen, hand it off to one of the point guards. Is that what he's supposed to be doing? You think, or is it just him? I and think, I think, I think there's probably a, a little bit of both in there. Like when he has the ball, <laughs> at the elbow or towards the top of the key and he's kind of by himself and he looks around just kind of wondering what the hell should I do yeah. that's him um other circumstances I think is probably more game plan but you you want to see him recognize a situation when he has an open lane and 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 take the ball to the hole because we've seen him a few times throughout this bubble actually put the ball on the floor and attack and he can do it and again it's one of those things where we can liken it to the three-pointer he started taking it. Today he missed two, but he has started taking it. I think the game is going to slowly come to him. And, and, and you have to look at it from my perspective. You have to realize that Aiton isn't like 77 in that he hasn't been playing pro ball for six years already. He's not used to these situations. When he was at U of A, he didn't have to think about anything because he's just physically dominant, right? Now he actually has to realize, okay, I've got, I have situations where I can go. I have ways that I can go with this ball. And he is still, I think, to a certain degree, deferring because he's still the young guy on the team. You've got Booker who's playing like a god in Orlando, right? Uh, and, and I think it's just a, it's a mental hurdle that I think Aiton's going to come, uh, you know, overcome at some point in his career. Not going to happen. Didn't happen today. Not going to happen Thursday probably. Won't happen during the playoff run. But it's going to happen. And we just have to take what we can out of what we're seeing, enjoy the ride, enjoy what we're seeing out of our guys and enjoy Devin Booker, just making everybody who doesn't want to be on the teams that they're on come to Phoenix. Cause also weather out here is beautiful. And Hey, there's some extra credations around there that maybe, uh, you know, uh, could be up for grabs. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I'll give my two cents on Aiden. It, he was just a hard, hard one day. I mean, that's without a doubt. I mean, he ended up with only eight points on four of 10 shooting. He ends up getting 12 boards. I felt like he got three. His lack of aggressiveness on the glass against an undermanned uh, 76ers team was, again, just unbelievably frustrating. And, you know, again, we talk about it consistently on the pod how you can't get over overworked up about this you know you know that you know kind of to Justin's point yeah he hasn't been playing that long he's gonna learn he, he shows the ability to adapt and to learn as he uh as his career's gone on and he just isn't there yet but it's just it's frustrating when you know somebody tweeted out it's like hey look book uh Aiden didn't show up for the second game in the first quarter and he really didn't and it was kind of a, a rough watch and then you have big Frank come in and actually, you know, this was like the return of the Frank. I mean, he outplayed DA statistically and presence-wise today. He had a great first half. I think he had 11 points in that first half. And he just came out and was where Booker wanted him to be. And when Booker would throw him the ball, yep. he'd catch it. Did you guys feel like Booker lost faith in eight in this game? Because there's like a couple oh. of plays where, you know, he'd get the rebound at the rim, be looking at the rim, and he'd dish it out to Booker. Booker's like, I'm not fucking feeding you again. Like, you had your opportunity, dude. Yeah, I what saw that. Well, I saw that a lot. Actually, I was going to ask you guys because the first, I think, five games of the bubble, we've been playing keep away from Frank or mm -hmm. whenever Frank actually started playing. Now, today, I noticed from what I saw was Aiden was open a lot, of, a lot of the times when Booker had the ball, and Booker did not want to pass him the ball. I think it was a lot like, you know what, you're not going to do anything with it. First of all, you'll probably bring the ball down. It'll get snatched. You might get blocked or you just – I don't know. You'll throw up a terrible shot. So I feel like he wasn't trusting him at the end of the game, but I totally noticed that. Okay. I wasn't the only one. What do you think, Justin? I, I, I noticed it too. I, I look at it perhaps not as from that angle as you guys do, at least not as far that way. I think a lot of it has to do with book just being the killer right now, man, mm. that dude, he could, we saw he can shoot whatever he wants to shoot right now because there's oh, yeah. a good chance it's going to go in. We saw that the other game when he shot from literally half court like that. I'm sorry. Don't tell me that's a logo shot. That was his, he takes one step back. He's on the freaking yeah. center court line. Like he is doing whatever he wants to do right now. And nobody's going to complain about that. So I think it's, it's part book knowing he's hot and he's taking over games. He's scoring at will. If I were him, I would also not be looking to pass anybody because why bother? 
Well, why bother? There's a better it, chance of scoring with him having the ball in his hand. It, it was more of him trying to be playmaking book when those situations occurred. Because Booker was definitely, when he wanted to get his, he, he did. And it's so impressive to see how he's matured as a scorer. You know, the, the other move that I love is when he carries the guy down his hip, down the lane, and then just puts it right in, you know, from like four feet out. I mean, it's such a professional move that's consistent for him. And even Eddie Johnson was saying on the telecast, he's like, that's a tough thing to do. And he's yeah. doing that. But I feel like he was trying to get Aiton involved, and Aiton didn't want to be involved. So Booker's like, fuck it. I'm not going to get you involved. Yeah. I'm going to dish it to other guys and try to get them you know, going. Uh, and I just, I think that it was, it was a sign that I really didn't like to see. It, it, it's a sign I didn't want to see from Aiton because I want him to see him a more aggressive and like, you'll give me that ball. Okay, you're, you're cooking. It's time for me to cook. But I did like it because Booker, it shows you his maturity of like, hey, I know that I can't do this all alone. I'm not going to be, you know, Damian Lillard scoring 61, a point, 61 points every night, but we'll get to that in a second because I had a lot of problems with that. But uh, he, so he's trying to get his teammates involved, and it's like, if you don't want to get involved, cool, man. I'll give it to somebody else who will. And, like, you know, kudos to Mikel Bridges who started hitting those three-pointers and uh, ended up putting up 24 huge points on 8 of 10 shooting today. Uh, and kudos to, of course, you know, the guy that nobody ever talks about, man, Ricky Rubio, 16 points, 6 for 11 from the field, 2 yeah. from 5 from downtown, uh, and 10 assists as per usual. I mean – a lot of these guys came out and were ready to play. They were flat. And I think that we continually see that, to Justin's point earlier, we're continuing to see that because it's just, I mean, these guys are playing a lot of games in a lot of nights. Okay, this is their seventh game, and I want to say nine nights, or, or yeah, I think that's right. Seven and, no, seven and 12. So seven games in 12 days, right? So with that occurring, they're coming out tired. And because we're not resting everybody like everybody else in the NBA. We're not saying, okay, it's Booker's night off. Okay, it's Aiton's night off. You know, we're fighting for every penny and that we can get. So they're coming out a little flat. But at the same time, when that second, de- when that second team comes in, you're starting to see that energy rise. And it took it just a little bit longer in this game. I mean, they definitely were tired. Yeah, they were tired. But it's nice to have that rotation that we have with the bench, especially if we see any sign of life with Frank. Like, it's going to give – I mean, maybe there's only three more games left for the Suns. Who knows? But they have the opportunity to rely on their bench now. And it's something we, didn't, we haven't seen all season – so I'm liking what I'm seeing from Frank now. So hopefully he can keep that up. But I think Devin Booker, dude, I think this is like his most complete game in the bubble because he played like the, the whole second half. Mm-hmm. After the back and back, I know I, I think he had 30 minutes the night before. But he seriously – Less than he, that, I think. Yeah, but he like we were talking about before, like he seriously like carried the whole team in the second half. And uh, just kudos to him. I, he had 35 points again. What was that, three games in a row? 35, 35, 35. I think so. I mean, yep. he's, he's a beast. He got 41 minutes is what he played tonight. 11 for 12 from uh, the free throw line. Again, the ability to f- get himself to the free throw line and actually draw fouls. I think that's something that's important. Did you guys watch the Portland-Dallas uh, game or hear anything? Or did you guys I saw like the ending yeah. of it. So that game, I don't know if I wanted to do this here, but, you know. Is there anything else we want to talk about on the, about the 76ers game? Let's knock out the 76ers game before we talk, start talking about scenarios and things of that nature. Because I, I, you know, I'll, I'll say one thing, and and that's that, and we we've talked about this on Fanning the Flames at Fan the Flames NBA, also on the Brush of the Sun Podcast Network. What a plug! plug. Um, but we really have seen throughout this bubble this team taking to heart the next man up mentality and. And to, to, to Matthew's point, that was, that, that was Frank today. Like, yeah. We've all been terrified to see Frank get anywhere near the ball for the past seven games, six I've games. I've been terrified of his haircut. Oh, yeah. No, what I like is the hair. that? Right? What is that? Good, of course you do, Matthew. The it's... floppity flop is what it's called. But, <laughs> oh, okay. But, but and, and even you can see it in his own body language in the past few games. Like, he's – gotten the ball a few times open from three-point range just like nah, nope not oh, yeah. happening not even close today today he stepped up he played well and and we've seen that throughout this bubble from this team and I think that's a testament not only to the players but to Monty Williams like knowing that he can instill or instilling in these players confidence notwithstanding whether they're getting minutes not getting minutes because I mean game before Frank played three minutes and again been garbage really mm-hmm. sorry frank if you listen to this but been no, garbage knows. throughout <laughs> the throughout the it. bubble yeah he even recognized <laughs> it right yeah. and and then today it, it clicked and he came through i mean you, that 13 point win right frank kaminsky had 13 points exactly. which is far more he than was the all, factor 
Frank Frank Kaminsky won the game today. Forget everybody else. Now I'm done with now I'm done with the 76ers game. Officially. All right. Well, there there's one thing I wanted to bring up from the 76ers game. Who the fuck is Raul Neto? This guy, no idea who he is. He ends up uh, coming off the bench and scoring 22 points. I mean, he's the one who kind of kept that game late in the the fourth quarter for the mm-hmm. 76ers. And there's a little award that we like to give out on the Suns Jam Session podcast. It's called the Jack Taylor Award. Do you know who Jack Taylor is, Justin? I do not. So Jack Taylor is somebody who scored the most NCAA points in a single game back in 2012 playing for Grinnell College, which is in Iowa. 138 points. Okay, so we always – whenever we – you know, during the season we were doing our recaps, every now and then you have a guy who comes off the bench who you don't know who the fuck he is, and he scores a shit ton of points, and that was – Raul Nito today. Neto? I don't even know how to say the dude's name. So we bestow upon them the Jack Taylor Award. And I, I was watching the game, and I wrote down in my notes, I'm like, dude, if we lose this game, this is the, the biggest Jack Taylor that's hurt us in the history of playing the Suns, at least this year. <laughs> you know, because it's always some, rack, some jackass. And he was the guy who did that. And he, he kept them in the game. You know, I think that the defense wasn't as stringy as they've been, and they were getting a lot of backline cuts and easy baskets. Uh, they look tired. You know, I think the campaign being in foul trouble really didn't help this team today because he couldn't be as uh, intense as he wanted to be and or provide the offense that he needed to. And he, he did in the, in the fourth quarter. But up until that point, he didn't have any points. And then last thing I got to talk about is the guy who played against his former team, Super Dario. I mean, he was our interior today. I mean, without a doubt, man. Super Dario had a fantastic game for the Suns. Uh, once again, coming off the bench, having 18 points and nine boards, seven of nine from the field and two for two from downtown. And it was just nice to see again, Dario filling that role and filling it properly. And he, again, I just hope he's somebody we can keep around next year. Mr. Consistency, hey, and you know, man. to the, to, to the, to the Nito, Neto, Neto, Neto. So yeah. to that point, how nice is it though, to have a player have like a, Season best, maybe career best game against the Suns, and it not cost the Suns. Yes, exactly, because that's why we have the Jack Taylor <laughs> Award. It's always the guy who comes in and uh, God, who's the guy who I don't even want to try to remember, but I know we've given it away a few times. But anyways, uh, what about those Suns intros, man? That went viral, and that was fucking awesome. Yeah, that was beautiful, right? I almost, you know, I'm an emotional guy, and yes. you can see those the the players, and especially Monte at the end. He, you can see they had a little bit of emotion stirring up in there because Monte did a little scratch on the back of his head. Yeah. And, uh, you know, no one look at me. But uh, that was that was awesome, dude. I, I was really surprised by that. And it's funny, it's that's the sun the Suns are the only team in the bubble that had that, right? Dude, the Suns are so the Suns winning are just, the bubble right they're now. Killing it. Yeah. Obviously seven and oh, and then you got that going on, and then DA misses his coronavirus test. Like we're definitely <laughs> killing it all, dude. Well, I love it because fanning the flames last podcast was like it's the sun's world and we're just living in it or something. That was the title of it. It's like, it's so true right now. It's like, that's the, the the bubble is the sun's world and everyone else is just living in it. And it's just, again, I've I've said it at nauseum, but it's just so fantastic to see Uh, Booker put them away in the fourth quarter. And we can kind of look forward now to Thursday when we play the Dallas Mavericks. So of course there were four games today. Today it was moving day and there's four games of merit that matter to the suns. Obviously the Suns have to win their game in order for anything to even matter. But they go out, they handle their business. We had San Antonio beat Houston, and we wanted San Antonio to lose that one. But again, if we're handling our business, fuck San Antonio. We don't have to Doesn't worry matter. about them. Doesn't matter. Boston needed to beat Memphis, which, thank you, Celtics. They went ahead and did that 122-107. to 107. And then there was Portland and Dallas. Who were you guys rooting for in this game? Because this is actually a very interesting approach yeah, to the game. A- I'm yeah. not upset that Portland won 134 to 131. But initially, you know, of course you want Portland to lose because you want to jump them in the standings, right? Yeah. I mean, that's not, that's not even a question. But here's, but here's why you want Dallas to win. Because if Dallas lost this game, which they did, they don't have to play. They're not going to play in the next game. If they had won the game, they were going to be fighting to not play the Clippers in the next round. If the, and essentially – on Thursday, if Dallas wins and uh, the Utah Jazz lose, Dallas would jump from the seven to the six seed, thus not playing their kryptonite, which is the Los Angeles Clippers. So they had to win this game to get to that scenario. So as I was watching the game, I was like, you know what? 
I really am okay if Dallas loses this game because we're not going to get that full effort from Dallas, and I would hate to have Luka Doncic end our fucking season. But, but, okay. I, and I get that point. And that's something that I noticed when I, in fact, when I was kind of taking some notes before this, I'm like, well, Mavs now really have no reason to play this next game. Mm-hmm. But, but, would you not rather have the Suns control their own destiny against a full strength, quote unquote, full strength Mavs um, mm-hmm. than play a depleted Mavs team that might sit, poor Zingas, might sit 77 and have to hope that another team loses, I would much rather have the Suns control their own destiny. Always. You always want them to control their own destiny. But knowing that we're not going to have to deal with the stress of that, winning that game, we can maybe even rest a couple guys and get them ready for the next game because we're probably going to have to go up against Portland. Wait, how would we rest somebody? What are you talking about? Well, if we go out and we're beating Dallas pretty handily because they're coming out half-assed – Oh, we can do yeah, the same okay. thing that we did yesterday in our back-to-back yeah. and go, you know what, guys, you don't need to play 41 minutes to win this game. You can play 25 minutes because on Saturday, yeah. we're going to have to win two games to beat Portland. I think yeah, Dallas so either. to rely on Portland losing. Losing. Yeah. Or, or Memphis. But, but, but if Portland loses, if Portland loses and Memphis loses, we get the eight seed. Sure. Yeah, but if Dallas, if Dallas wins, okay, so if they won today, they're still going to want to win next week too because they have a lot of chemistry issues, I think, late in games. Like this they is, did it tonight. I well, honestly, they well they did. The Dallas no. Mavericks lost. Yeah, but it wasn't because of chemistry issues. It was because Porzingis fouled out, and more importantly, and here's where I'm going to unleash my fury. It was Damian fucking Lillard and his 61 points. I love Dame. Don't you dare. I love Dame. Dame is. It was so funny and shitty watching this game at the same time because you had two of the three biggest foul baiters in the NBA, and the last six minutes of the game were such a hard watch. It was threes and foul baiting. And it goes back, and I, I, like, I was looking on my phone, and I actually recorded something when the Blazers played the Suns, and there's a foul where uh, Dave Miller's going up to shoot a three, and Ricky Rubio is just in the vicinity, and they called a foul on him. And Dave Miller was doing that shit the whole game, starting the six, with six minutes left. He knew his team couldn't do it. C.J. McCollum didn't have shit tonight. Nurk was, was a little bit off. Uh, Carmelo's Carmelo. You know, he's streaky. So he just figured, he's like, I'm going to foul bait for the last six minutes because he had like 38 points or something going into the fourth, and it was all at the foul line, dude. And, it, and you're watching the – and it's, it's so frustrating to watch basketball like that. I get it if you have the ability to – bait the refs into that into those calls that's a skill set and i respect that skill set that's what makes james harden a great score that's what makes you know 77 a, a great score because he can't do it from beyond the arc uh that's what makes dame a great score but he can actually hit those threes but he baits and he kicks guys and then it's a foul it just drives me fucking insane and when the suns play portland in those playing games it's going to be you, – you'll, you'll feel the fury that i'm already like i already feel like it's saturday and i'm pissed off at dame lillard for for drawing some bullshit fouls, which he will. Hey, you know, you know what Dame Lillard is going to have to deal with, though? Uh, the Warden. Payne. The Warden, yes. Can we get his name changed on fucking basketball for reference real. to the Warden? His nickname's Noodles? Who calls Mikel Bridges Noodles? My nickname's a beekeeper because he, he keeps all the bitches, you know what I mean, in the hive. <laughs> That's, that sounds better, the beekeeper. I like it. I like the beekeeper. Yeah. I don't but, know that I get that, but I, but I still It makes it. sense in my head. Know. So oh, – okay. <laughs> But, like, okay, so if Portland lost, though, and then they lost the next game, then we would be the eighth seed, too, and then only have to beat the Portland Trailblazers once. Correct. But, honestly, I would rather just have that than – I don't think we're going to beat them two times in a row. I think that's going to be very, very difficult, especially with Dame Lillard, even though you hate him so much. I know. But he'll, he'll find a way him. to win at I just, least one of them. Exactly. I hate, I hate him in the fourth quarter of close games because it's just – it's not fun basketball. It's not proper basketball. It's not fair basketball. It's like guys who draw uh, uh, pass interferences by flailing into receivers. It's just, you're like, come on, this is bullshit. Let me put it in uh, Cowboys terms for you, Matthew. It's like when Des Bryant catches the ball and he's stretching towards the end zone in a playoff game and they call it a fumble when it's not a fumble. Well, that's gonna, what it looks like to me. Oh, okay, I'm going to ignore that. But honestly, uh, Devin Booker, like he's actually getting to the free throw line now too. So we're going to like yeah. want to enjoy that kind of basketball because if he's not getting late calls like what Damian Lillard got, then we're going to be pissed off. I was just going to say that, man. You, you right now, John, you're seeing exactly what people are going to be saying about Book starting next year for the rest of his career, man. And I'm going to love that. Because he's finally starting to get that respect. So we have to, we have to appreciate that. You know what the, the biggest – 
thing that Dame did in that game today was blow a defensive assignment and happen to be standing in the right place to get yeah. an offensive yes. foul. That was, You're that absolutely was some, correct. I'm sorry. That was some fucking bullshit, dude. Yes. You're that absolutely correct. That was, you know, he, he was looking back. He's like, oh, shit, I fucked up. And he ran into a guy. That, I mean, because the guy hit the three on the, mm-hmm. from the corner and it would have put him up. So, no, you're right. I mean, it was – I'll tell you what, though. It is fun to watch competitive basketball and give a shit, you know, knowing that it affects your team. I can't tell. I mean, it's been since 2010. It's been since 2010 that we've won seven games in a row. Like, think about that. Think about that. It's like – it's unbelievable. And I honestly believe that, you know – with the OG Suns podcast, it never happened. But with the New Wave Suns podcast, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just hey, we started, we started the pandemic, dude. We basically did oh. right when this <laughs> jam session started. Pandemic. Yeah, once we changed our name, a pandemic hit. So yeah. maybe it is us. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know if I should love or hate you guys right now because of that. <laughs> um, because, we, like you said, we're getting basketball that we can actually enjoy and. To, to, to build on your point, not really build on it, but just to make it even more like ludicrous. You guys, you guys know the Coast to Coast podcast, right? Yes, yes, Dan yes. Dan and Flex. Yes. Dan, te- Dan texted uh, me yesterday and he's like, you know, the Suns are def- undefeated since uh, we started our podcast. <laughs> and I'm just like, so I'm like, yeah. not so about you, them. buddy. It's them. It is no. them. Hey, I, if I was them, I would take full credit for that. Oh, they've, yet to, they, they've yet to do a podcast where they've had to talk about a son's loss, whereas we have lived on that in that vein. <laughs> I, have, I have not had more fun. Dude, this is our fourth season doing this, Fanning the Flames, man. And I have honestly not had more fun doing these. Let me, let me, let me rephrase that. I have not had more joy doing mm. these podcasts than I have recently they're always fun but now they're actually joyful to do because we're talking about shit that matters we're talking about a team that's winning we're talking Mm -hmm. about a guy in devin booker who people questioned questioned Suns fans didn't question people questioned i i know one Suns fan that questioned actually um he he referred to devin booker as a b plus version of a certain player who I guarantee you, if you guys guessed right now, you wouldn't come up with the B plus player that he was being. Mar Derozan. No, that would actually that would be better than, oh, than okay. the reference. <laughs> wow, but, Kyle Kuzma. Uh, okay, that would be worse. That okay, would be worse. <laughs> Somewhere in between um, those two, you guys can figure it out at home. Derozan and Kuzma, um, but but man, again, seeing what Booker is turning into. The, the level of control that he has is something that's been, been very impressive to me. And I was thinking about it today because during the pandemic and without basketball, we spent a lot of time watching old Suns footage, looking at old Suns playoff games, doing our my top three Suns shots and what have you. And I was watching a lot of Steve Nash. And Steve Nash is somebody who was like controlled chaos because he was always running down the lane, creating havoc, flopping around falling all over the place and then somehow at the end of all that he'd throw up a shot with his perfect form and hit it whereas Devin Booker is so controlled in everything that he does he's so precise it's really really impressive and something that you know Suns fans appreciate it I always you know I think Dave King said it today in one of his tweets he's like you know uh make sure you guys are appreciating this and it's the truth like make, we have mm-hmm. to make sure that we're appreciating this I, and I, I'm sure that scorn Suns fans are you know, I think there's just with everything weird that's going on in the world right now, like it truly feels like we're in the twilight zone. It's like, hold on. I, like, I was talking to my fiance today. She's like, so the Suns are 7-0? and She's like, 2020 is weird. I'm like, that's... <laughs> she has no idea what's going on. <laughs> that is well, correct. Booker has been playing this way, honestly, the whole season, except for he had that mm-hmm. little dip where he, I don't know if he right, was r- upset yeah, because the, of the All-Star game. The All-Star game, But yeah. he, he hasn't had like the last five minutes of a game, the control you're talking about, where he can just end the game. He hasn't had that until the bubble. That's what everyone's seeing. But honestly, the play until the five minutes in the fourth, we've seen that all season almost. It's like basically the same kind of game. It's just we, we have to appreciate his adjustment where we pointed out his maturity on the, on the court and his leadership has to take over. And I've, just, I've seen that to a T. He's done that. So it's, that's the most improved part of his game right now. Mm-hmm. Well, now we look at this Thursday and we have the Mavericks. And we don't know yet un- – if they're going to be playing Luca and Porzingis, or if we're going to get the G League version of them, but we know that one thing: if they throw Luca and Porzingis at us, we can beat them. 
we beat them 117 to 115 in our second game in the bubble. So hopefully, you know, we come out and we just we do what Justin predicted all those days ago when we had the uh, months, the, the months, months, months ago, ago, months, and then and then a follow up days ago, which maybe a couple weeks ago, in which we we put forth our uh, our predictions for the bubble. Justin said eight and zero. Matthew and I both said six and two. Today is the day that Matthew and I officially both become wrong. So there's and that. I love it. I love it. <laughs> As well, you should. I didn't so, say they would make the playoffs, but let's let's yes. not forget too. Yes. Like, y- 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 <laughs> did 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 you see that though, Justin? So on Bright Side of the Sun, they had like a staff writer kind of interview thing, and they said, "Hey, what do you guys think about this?" And they were asking us a bunch of que- a bunch of questions, and then they said, "Who's going to make the play? Are, are the Suns going to make the playoffs?" And every staff writer said, "Like you know, no, the Suns aren't going to make the playoffs. It's going to be Portland. Like thousand, no, Memphis is going to hold words on." Each. Yeah, like breaking down why and who what the matchups are, and then Matthew's response was, "Yes, I believe so." I, I do. I, I absolutely saw that. I'm like poetic, <laughs> poetic, <That's> poetic. Yes. <laughs> I I used to be I, I used to be involved in those, and then I stopped uh, reading my emails and responding. And I think they just were like, "Yeah, okay, so uh, we're just gonna cut him out." You're of still this. you're still getting the emails, man. You you're not checking them. <laughs> look, look, my, my Gmail account is, is a black hole of unread emails. So if you want to get in touch with me, don't we, email me there. Okay. We, <laughs> so DM me, just tw- yeah, text Twitter. me. Yep. Some people have my work email. That one probably works a little bit better. But yeah, no, I, 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 look, the Suns are going to make the playoffs. Let's not even worry about it, guys. Like I'm not, I'm not sweating. And, and 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 to the point about being able to beat the Mavs, yeah, we beat them in the bubble. We also beat them early mm-hmm. in the year. So, mm-hmm. look, I'm not, I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about the Mavs one bit, regardless of who they play. I am just ready to see Memphis lose. And well, they're going like against earlier, the Bucks. Don't, don't don't count out the Nets either, man. They're going against the Bucks. Yeah, just, I know. Don't they, count. Don't count out the Nets. Gian, Giannis just headbutted some dude. Yeah. So we won't even know if he's going to be playing in the next yeah, game. Yeah, Giannis. He, he's going to be. I think he'll be suspended at least one game for that, right? Well, and, but but what were you saying before we got on the podcast? Who's going to save us, Justin? Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> the irony. Eric Bledsoe is going to go for 45, 12, and eight against <laughs> against Memphis, and and. Maybe, maybe when they're up by 15 with like six minutes left, they'll pull him. He'll pull his phone out and be like, I don't want to be here at this game anymore. I, who knows? Who knows? But dude, you know what, Eric Bledsoe? Because you listen. I know you listen. I'm blocked by Eric Bledsoe on Twitter. I still have no idea why. I was like the biggest Eric Bledsoe supporter when he was here, and then he randomly blocked me one day. But... <laughs> he owes he owes that to the Suns. He owes that because that was such a clusterfuck. He made everything so difficult for this team. He forced their hand with that tweet. So you know what? The least you could do is not only pick up a W for your squad, but 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 help your boys in Phoenix out just a touch. Twould be nice. Twould be nice. I would love that, Eric Blood. So if you know, just just one time, one time. Is he so even playing? Justice. Yeah, he just came back. I think. Uh, oh, he's uh, the, oh, okay. The, the last game was his first game back in the bubble. Yeah, yeah. he's. I think he's sitting today. Yeah, he's but, not in today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, here's the thing: is oh, hey, 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 Milwaukee, or you know, as we say on Fanning the Flames all the time, Milwaukee, right? Ooh, Milwaukee. Mm. You guys know we're not worthy. Yeah. We're not Thank worthy. Yeah, just making sure. But <laughs> hey, they haven't been playing very well in the bubble, man. They've got more L's and W's. And if you want to come into the playoffs and you don't want to run the risk of just kind of losing a game or two in that first round, you better, you better, you better go hard in game eight of the bubble. As far as I'm concerned, man, I'm just, I say that just to help Millier Wake out. I'm just looking out for their best interest. History shows. Yeah. History shows the last game of the bubble leads to success in the playoffs it really yes, does I, I remember the at, last least a, at least at least a first round series win that's what it there's there's definitely no history that would suggest otherwise yeah so w- what are your thoughts on the nba having an all bubble team and an all and a nba uh bubble mvp 
the MVP is cool. I yeah. think that's pretty cool. I think that Booker is not going to get it. I think it's going to go to Dame just because Dame keeps dropping 61 and 53. But he's not Although, undefeated, though. This is true. Yeah. But still, I think the undefeated, if the Suns go 8 0, you got to give it to the undefeated team. Agreed. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be which team makes the playoffs. Oh, yeah. 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 That would so make Booker sense. would be the winner of two awards. Um, he won the 2K tournament. Mm-hmm. And then since the pandemic started and then now the bubble MVP and then maybe first team all bubble. Yep. And then maybe. Uh, number one in shooting his shot when uh, Kendall Jenner's talking about strawberries on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. So, so I, mean, I don't understand why, why this, do people keep shoot, talking about That's not shooting them? a shot. That's just, <laughs> that shot has been shot. Dude, strawberries. That's, yeah. that's, that's like <laughs> quadrupling down or however many strawberry emojis she responded with. <laughs> I think it was four. Yep. What did you guys think of? Down. Like when you first saw that Instagram tweet or whatever it is, <laughs> what did you guys think of in your, in your mind? I just went on with my life. Oh, okay. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's time to get back to work. <laughs> and then I really I didn't thought, work hard I today. That I, I sent the same response to her and she didn't respond to me at all. <laughs> I, I sent nothing. Huh? Weird. Yeah, I, Does she I know you live in it. Phoenix? That you're in Arizona? <laughs> she might not. You know what? I don't, yeah. have my, I don't have my location on there. That's probably You might be too far. Yeah, too far yeah. away. All right, guys. A couple of the things that I want to talk about before we get out of here today. Uh, one, I got, I got a mailbag question, and I want to see what you guys think about this, all right? Uh, this is from Nicholas Tan, who's a loyal listener, and he says, Hey, guys, I got a question for the mailbag. It's a bit early for free agent talk, but looking at the team composition, Frank the Tank has been underwhelming in the bubble, minus today. I've always been a fan of Cody Zeller. Players that set hard, solid, body-breaking picks in general have always intrigued me. Reed, KG, Steven Adams. Zeller, or Stellar Zeller, as I call him on my 2K team. Yes, I traded for Zeller on my 2K team. I love that. Thank you for breaking down your 2K team to us, uh, Tan, man. We, we love playing, too. Uh, always to, he's, he's like, anyway, to the point. Uh, players that could benefit from good picks are Booker, Bridges, Rubio, Carter, Ubre, if he stays in a rhythm. Uh, Zeller's a good roller too through this lack of range, though his lack of range might hurt our floor stretching. Uh, he's got the hustle and he's tough. I think that's what we need to, ba- uh, need to back up our bigs. So what are your guys' thoughts? I mean, do you have any thoughts on Cody Zeller? I know we're obviously getting ahead of ourselves because free agency is going to be a while away. And I'm not even worried about the draft lot or any of that. We're going to the playoffs, so we don't got to worry about it. But do you think that Cody Zeller is a good fit for the Phoenix Suns is what Tan Man is essentially asking. Go ahead, Justin. I'm just shocked he used Cody Zeller's name in the same sentence as KG and Steven (laughs) Adams. Even even those two in the same sentence is a weird thing to like. Well, I think he's just saying, you know, guys who set hard picks – no. And, you know, like he said, body-breaking picks. And Steven Adams is a body-breaking pick. I, I don't remember KG really sent picks that, like, you know, blew guys up. I, I think KG could look at you and, and yes. break your body. Like, that's what he can do. But, okay, I, I, I won't say I have zero thoughts on Cody Zeller. I mean, if the Suns – if the Suns – if the Suns sign Cody Zeller and that's like they're, they're signing this offseason, that's not ideal. Um, I wouldn't hate having a guy like that on the team, I guess, but he's just, he seems inconsequential to me. Like, yeah, I don't know that this team is a Cody Zeller away from really succeeding in the playoffs. Gotcha. Yeah. With the money he's making, especially next year, over 15 mil. I mean, give that to Javon Carter. I would rather have Javon Carter matched with almost that, that amount of money to bring back next year. Um, but Frank the tank I feel like he's had some good Suns games this year where it's like the Frank game. He's had a couple of those. So we can count on those throughout the year to help us as long as he's not hurt. So I'm going to, I'm going to stay with Frank the tank. It's just taking him time to come back. He's been injured before the pandemic. So um, I'm not reading too much into how he's playing right now. Yeah. And I think that, you know, Cody Zeller, uh, and then again, thank you, Tan man for shooting us an email yeah, thanks, Tan. at sunsjamsession at gmail.com for our mailbag. We always appreciate it. Cody Zeller is not somebody who's ever really come across my mind. Uh, I get what you're saying. He's got the the physical capability to set picks and do things of that nature, but he does become kind of a liability uh, in other aspects of his game. I mean, hell, the guy was drafted by the Charlotte Bobcats. I mean, he's been in the league that long. He's so yeah, he's kind he's of still with them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They're the Hornets now, but he he survived yeah. it all. You know, so he's somebody who I've never really thought of. And kind of to Justin's point, you know, he's he's not the key. 
he would be your ninth guy off the bench, you know, potentially your 10th guy off the bench. Which and is I think Frank. That, which is exactly, which yeah. is Frank. So I don't, I don't know how much uh, he would actually impact the team. Because if you look at the team right now, we're not even at full strength. We, you know, of course, Baines won't be there next year, so maybe you're trying to substitute that. But Yeah, maybe. But he's he, Cody Zeller's under contract. He's, is he suggesting we trade for him? He would have to be because, he's, yeah, he's under contract through the end of next season. I, and that $15 million price tag for your 10th guy coming off the bench, I just don't see it. Maybe in a year, you know, and maybe the following season when he becomes a free agent and he's, we're paying him $4 million a year, that would make sense. But for $15 million for your 10th your guy off the bench, I don't see it. Yeah, it was just a cute question. We can have like a separate podcast just for this, though. It sounds like just we could de- definitely all the cute questions this. podcast. I love that. <laughs> let's let's just let's just say like whatever goodwill the Suns have developed with fans through this bubble, if mm-hmm. they trade for Cody Zeller and his fifteen million dollar expiring contract, I, I feel like that would maybe torpedo because who are they going to yeah. trade for him? Kelly that's like a, that's a Suns move for like four or five years ago. I could see us getting Cody Zeller four or five years ago. Yeah, that'd be a Although if James guy. Jones does it, I'm fine with it. He can trade for <laughs> I don't I don't care who, I'll be like there's gotta be a reason he's doing it. It makes yeah, sense. I know. Trust him now. <laughs> what uh what questions does Fanny the Flames have for the Suns Jam Session podcast? Is there anything you guys have ever wondered? What our favorite colors are, what kind of cars we drive? Why do I always car, slice so no, the ball? Not really. Um why do I don't have a beard? Everyone has a fucking beard. <laughs> We did the whole my panel. My beard's weird, but uh, it's still there. Um, <laughs> I, you could have told me you were going to ask me to ask. No, I like to put people. On let me think. Right. Let's see. Let, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Thirteen inches. Um, <laughs> I took. I thought we were still talking about beards, and then I realized that you were a friend. I'm just referring sure. to. Um, mm, mm, how did you go? How about this? Okay. What made you guys start a podcast? Because, you know, you decided, hey, we're going to start a Phoenix Suns podcast when it was, I, I would assume, mm-hmm. quite well known, even to you guys, that there were like 844 of them. What made you think that the Phoenix Suns community needed one more podcast? And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I don't ask that in a, in a denigrating way. It's a good yeah. question. You guys are around, but I'm curious. I actually, I had no idea there was that many podcasts for the Suns because I've never listened to one before. We did this. So I, oh, and I, and I still really don't. <laughs> but John and I, we should have started this probably two or three years ago too because, well, we lived together for a while or maybe a year or two. And then, um, not by ourselves with, never mind. Anyways, <laughs> so, but we should have started it then and we didn't. But what happened was we just were like, I, we got to start a podcast and it happened after we sat courtside with the, uh, the against the Clippers that one game after that night, I feel like that's when it started. But, uh, I mean, you can tell your side of the story, John. Yeah, we, uh, so Matthew's sister is my fiance. So we all live together and we, Matthew and I used to watch Suns game at, all the time. And like when we were all living together, I was like, Oh cool. Somebody who actually likes the sun. So, you know, you sit around, you're talking sons and we were big fans of the Bill Simmons podcast and we always talk about, yeah, we, you know, we could, we could do a podcast. Yeah, you can thumbs down Bill Simmons all you want. We I, absolutely. I hate Bill Simmons. Uh, yeah, I love him. That's what I keep hearing. Love him. Yeah. yeah. I just think he's, uh, his approach to media is an interesting approach that I like. So essentially what happened to Matthew's point is we went to the Clippers versus Suns game in which Ricky Rubio was out. And we sat courtside right next to the Suns bench. And we had a really good time, obviously. They won that game. And while we were there, we actually met a guy. Do you know who uh, Sun, the Suns geek is? Brandon Suns geek on YouTube? I, I know of him. Okay. I don't know him personally. So we met him at the game, uh, and Matthew had his Josh Jackson jersey on, but he had put duct tape over the back of this the is Jackson a game, and put Sarge. But that's, that's what yeah, started. That was the opening game, too. Yeah, that was the opening yeah. game against the Kings. And, uh, and we met the, the Brandon the Suns geek, and we were just talking to him, and he gave us his card. He's like, yeah, I'm a YouTuber for about the Suns. I'm like, really? I'm like, why don't I do he something card, like that? Like he had a, a YouTuber he, Suns card? Like a business card. That's awesome. I know, right? And I was just like, cool. I was like, that's pretty cool, man. And then like, uh, it actually happened because I had a Tuesday off, a random Tuesday in November last year. I don't normally have Tuesdays off. And I'm like, you know what? I've always really enjoyed the Phoenix Suns. I've always wanted to do sports uh, broadcast journalism and sports journalism. I'm just going to start a blog. So I literally just like started something called the Solar Report. I checked around. There was no one called the Solar Report. There was the Sun Solar Panel. But I'm like, yeah, I'm the Solar Report. It's completely different. 
And then I just taught myself how to podcast and I'm like, Matthew, you want to do it? And he was down and then we were off from there. And then about, I remember like about uh, two or three weeks into it, like Tim Tompkins and Espo were like tweeting me and they're like, yeah, nice name, buddy. I was like, hey, hope you guys enjoy the content. Yeah. They're like, oh, look at this guy. He thinks they want. He wants to. He, we want to enjoy the content. I was like, Aw. It, if you think I didn't talk, if I don't talk now, I, I, you should listen to those old podcasts. I think I say like seriously two sentences the whole freaking podcast. You, you know that it's funny you bring up uh, Tim and Tim and Espo uh, uh, tweeting at you guys because didn't didn't you guys change the name? We did once. Of- well, once Dave said, hey, we'll pick up the podcast and put it on the Bright Side of the Sun Network, but, but you, you got to change, change the name. And I was like, okay. So we changed it to the Sun's Report using the same logo. We had an SR logo. So we, instead of using Solar Report, we used Sun's Report. And then we were like, okay, this is fucking lame. And then we're like, John and Matthew, jam. Sun's jam session, boom. Which makes sense. Which makes, makes sense. It sounds sense. cool. Uh, it has a website now, sunsjamsession.com. And uh, – it's just been really, really fun. What so. a romantic story, huh? I know. If just if like Paul Mama and, and I Papa, did that, we would we would be the Jap. Yes, yeah. or, or no, Pat. Son's Jap session. No, it wouldn't work. Design. It would not not these days. It's twenty twenty, <laughs> man. Did did uh did Dave ever ask you to change your tagline on your Twitter account because he used the for the fans by the fans thing? Just ask. No, me. I feel no, he like never might have happened at some point. Maybe that was somebody did. else then. I feel like somebody else was using something like that. And Dave was like, you see these guys using, you I think the, that was cause, us. Cause remember we used to be the, we were the, for the fans, by the fans before we changed the yes. fanning the flames. Yes. And mm-hmm. yeah. And, and I remember there was a conversation about that. Maybe Dave side decided, you know, we should just bring them on instead of. being. I, on, I honestly think that Dave's like, listen, here's what we'll do. We'll bring these guys on. We'll get rid of their, for the fans, by the fans tagline. We'll get rid of the solar report. And then they'll just be gone in like five, you know, episodes. And he didn't realize that we give a shit and we work hard and we put out a lot of content. And he's like, oh, this is actually, they're actually all right. Yeah. And now <laughs> we're all best friends I mean, and we golf together, I, right? I, yeah. I would be, I would be completely lying if I, if Paul and I haven't had the conversation of, of like, yeah, but, but the jam session guys will put something out. We don't need to worry about it. <laughs> I love that. I love that was that, pretty dude. much. That was like particularly with like the 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 entire pandemic. Oh yeah, we put out nothing. We're like, hey, we don't have to worry about it because yeah. we just need the reps. Those guys will do it. Yeah, so well, that's hey, reps. That's how we episodes, looked at it. A lot of the episodes point, were just like reading books to each other. So kudos, and no one listened. Kudos to you guys for putting out the content because man, I don't know how we did it, but it was like Matthew said, we needed the reps and just to get used to kind of format and you yeah. know make it second nature almost. And it's and been, we don't have it's we don't have worth kids it. either, so it's easier. This no. is true. <laughs> you know, a hey, hey, little little known fact. I, I I feel like this is a little known fact. I think that Paul and I are technically the longest tenured Suns podcast outside of like the ninety eight seven stuff, the Arizona yeah, sports yeah. stuff. So well, I think so. If you said four years, that's a long time. Yeah, that is. You know, because I mean, we're we're coming up on a year, and we still have like three months to go. So I mean, because we started, I think November fourth was our first day. So kudos to to having such a long tenure and still rocking it, man. We, mm-hmm. I think it's we awesome. We look up to you guys. Yeah, we do. I listen to you guys Study every you time. Study you every day. Yeah. <laughs> Study we your like mannerisms. We like to think ourselves as like, a, you know, distance makes the heart grow fonder. So we put out as little content as possible. <laughs> so when yeah. we do, people get super excited. They're like, oh, they're yeah. back. Here we go. There was it's, one It's like topic. Jay-Z putting out an album. <laughs> yeah. It's like <laughs> the Blueprint 5. There was we one topic the, you, we you guys were Jay-Z talking about. Phoenix Suns podcast. Yes. <laughs> the OG. And we're the new wave. So we're like the flock of seagulls or some shit. Um, <laughs> there was one topic you guys were having on your podcast that uh, I thought was a good topic. It was the Kelly Oubre conversation about if, if Kelly Oubre is willing to play, do you let him play? Yeah. And I know that there was differing opinions. I think that's the pod that uh, Dan was on. And some of you guys agreed. Some of you guys didn't. And I, th- I just thought that was a good topic. And I, uh, Matthew, what's your stance on that one? So my, as long as you don't ruin the chemistry, I'm fine with it. Um, if he can come in, and we talked about it too, if he can come in and play 10 minutes at first or even five minutes or something, just take up Frank's minutes, then that's fine. I just... I'm scared about someone coming back and it's like, oh, well, if you had this guy, then uh, this team's going to be even better. I'm not a big believer in that. I think you can't really ruin the chemistry. As long as he's not coming back and starting, I'm fine with it. But 10 minutes, that's like my max. Yeah. 
Yeah. And well, and, and, and my perspective on it has been, particularly if we look at the bubble games, like the seeding games, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. Look, when the Suns make the playoffs, if Kelly's ready, then yeah, let's work them back in because you can lose a game and it's not all over right now. You lose a game. It's all over. So if he's ready to play, yeah, it's working. Let's, let's roll with it. But again, when you get into a, you get into a four game series, four game, seven game series, you can work him in game one, start building up his minutes in the long run. The team's better with Kelly playing. I I don't think anyone's going to disagree with that, but when you're looking at how things are clicking right now, it's like, why would you, why do you want to, why do you want to mess with that for uh, in a situation where every single game is basically win or go home and we get it. And you get into the playoffs too. Okay. Get in the playoffs. You play the Lakers. Yeah. I would much rather see Kelly Oubre out there than Frank. Exactly. And I'd like to see Kelly get more and more minutes as that series would go on. But at the end of the day, like I said, then you're not dealing with a winner go home thing. And then you're also building a little bit more upon what can happen next season. Right now with this bubble, with this eight game, you know, uh, eight game uh, seeding uh, situation, you are dealing with a, you got to win, you got to win, you got to win. What we build during these eight games. Yeah. It can help next season. But I'm not worried about building chemistry for next season in those eight games. Agreed. And especially with Kelly and his contract. And I know we've talked about that on prior Zoom calls and things of that nature. I think we were on the solar panel when we talked about that one where, you know, he is expendable at this offseason. So the need for chemistry going into next season with Kelly isn't a necessity. I'm of the thinking that if Kelly is healthy and available to go, he becomes the ninth guy off the bench. You know, I think that he replaces Frank's minutes, but then of course Frank comes out today and throws up 13 points and actually gives you kind of a reason to go, okay, yeah, like I don't hate him that much, you know, but I think that if he is, is, if he is healthy, he's, you got to play him, but you just, you don't make him the sixth man. You make him the ninth guy off the bench. Do you think that he'll be a Phoenix Sun next year? I do. I do. Now for the whole season, I, I, I don't know about that necessarily. I just don't see them moving him this offseason, I think it's going to be difficult to do because you've got a guy, he, at, at the end of the day, even though it's a meniscus and it's not a serious injury, you don't know mm-hmm. how somebody's going to react to that. So I think his trade value is going to be lower during this offseason than it could be if he came back healthy. And, and ultimately, even if he comes back and there are some complications or he's not performing as well, well, I'd rather take the risk of saying he's going to come back, play very well. And if he's going to get moved at some point, move him during the season. And we, you know, this goes to another point. We had a conversation. I think it was actually, it might've been all of us um, where we talked about if Kelly gets moved at the trade deadline, I think John, I think you said that means it's a failure. The season's a failure, but I I still don't think that's the case because you can still upgrade long-term and move him at the deadline. It depends who you move him for. Agreed. You know? and I, I think that, and, and my point there is, if you're moving Kelly Oubre at the, at the trade deadline, the Suns most likely are not in a position that they want to be in. Because you're not going to sit there and say, hey, we're going to trade our potentially not our number three guy, because that's what the expectation is of him. That's what his contract says. We're not, we're not getting the production out of our number three guy, therefore we need to upgrade it. Now, I can see the other side of that coin. You can say, hey, Kelly Oubre has been a part of this team through to this part of the season. We've been performing well, but Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson have both blossomed, and we don't need that third wing. Therefore, we need to go get Aaron Gordon. We need to go get uh, Laurie Market and whatever that decision is. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if, if we move Kelly Oubre between now or the trade deadline, the nice thing is you should get a really nice return on that. You should. Yeah. You First really return should. in a while. First return oh, where we should actually yeah. get something more than cash. Yeah. But honestly, I think Kelly, if the Suns make the playoffs without Kelly and they win like two games against the, the Lakers, let's just say that happens. I think Kelly gets traded. But if, if we don't make the playoffs and we, if we get swept by the Lakers, then I think Kelly can probably come back. I think they just want to probably see how well we do going into the playoffs and see if this team can actually fight with games that really, really matter against teams that are fully, you know, they're fully healthy. I think that would be big going into the off season, but I think honestly, he probably won't be here next year. If I'm going to bet my money on it, I'm going to say he's not going to be here next year. I think the Lakers are a shit show. Oh yeah. They're hard to watch, right? Well, you don't even, let me, 
let me say this. I've got one of my best friends from law school is a Laker fan, like born, raised in LA, like bleeds purple and gold bleeds. Hey, you and him get along baseball wise, John, you know, Hell he's yeah. a bleed bleeds. He loves Mookie. Tint of, whatever Bleed tint blue. Of blue that is. It's, uh, it's actually Pantone 294, to be exact, but carry on. Leeds Pantone 294. <laughs> wow, that's, yeah. that's, that's obscure that's, and impressive. That's because um, I'm a fan. But he texted me today, and he goes, so you know Devin Booker is going to be a Laker in 2024. Yeah. I was like, look, first of all, I know I'm your son's godfather, but shut the fuck up, Okay. <laughs> Cause it's not happening. First, and, do you and, say that before every time we talk to him? <laughs> I, I'm going to now. I'm going to be like, Hey buddy, how you doing? Fuck you. By the way. But, but no, like I told him, I said, no, Devin Booker idolizes Kobe Bryant. Devin Booker is cutting that cloth. Devin Booker is cutting the cloth of a Dame Lillard. Like he wants to be the guy. He yeah. wants a legacy and he's going to, he's not going to be LeBron James floating around gathering guys to come join him in cities so that he can win championships like a how do i put this punk ass bitch yes, um that sounds going correct to, if players want to play with them they can come to him because mm-hmm. we've seen he can lead a team he can he can run a team he can be the man on a team and that's what he wants to do and he has that mindset and he's in a perfect place in phoenix to do that because what do we have in terms of history for the Suns, I mean, the Suns have a long, very, very, you know, celebrated history. Until this past decade, they were one of the most winning teams in basketball. Mm-hmm. But who do we have that was really homegrown and stuck around? Even Nash obviously was gone for a while. Amari, I guess maybe Amari. He left eventually, but yeah, we don't have that guy. Walter Davis. We don't have. We even. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, minus the the problem that he had, <laughs> like that's that's. But we don't have a Kobe. We don't have a Larry Bird. We don't have a. Give me another name that I can't come up with right now. And Michael Jeffrey Booker, Jordan. Oh yes, that guy. Yeah, I mean, just the greatest of all time. I've I've literally blocked out. I still haven't watched. Uh, I still haven't How watched. Fucking dare you! Really? I can't watch it, dude. It's not that It's good, amazing. I, I, I started and I couldn't well yeah by the second episode they're reliving the danny ainge uh you know lack of defense matthew Matthew, what do you think about the lakers what do i think about the lakers yeah well um i love lebron james but honestly watching their games you just don't know where it's going to come from because ad i feel like is playing at such a weird spot on the floor every time i'm not sure if he knows what to do within that offense uh, LeBron has, of course, that fake aggressive attitude. So far, what I've seen in the in the bubble, where he's already talking too about how I it, need fans. He needs fans, but I mean that's him. I mean, I I love watching his game so much, but I don't know. It's whether or not those backup guys they got on the bench coming in that like have all either punched somebody or you know OD'd almost from uh, edibles on the plane. Like you have those guys coming in, so you don't know if like what you're gonna get from them and. I don't know if I can trust that anymore. From what I've seen in the playoffs, because I picked them to win the championship. Yes, you did. I don't know if I can trust that anymore, dude. So I'm, I'm sketchy. I'm actually switching to the Clippers, and I oh. think OKC is like the probably the second scariest team right now in the NBA to me. Uh, well, um, um, uh, I feel like you're forgetting a team. What the Bucks? The Bucks. Oh, the Phoenix Suns. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> Outside of the Phoenix Suns. I, you got to remember yeah. that he's from the podcast of optimism. We're from the podcast of realism. Well, very, so. neg- well, very <laughs> negative. Too, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Who said they were – you guys said six and two? So Yeah. yeah. Optimism, optimism won out. You had 10,000 to one odds. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you, you hit, Justin. You hit. Hey, by the way, I'm rich now. I put one <laughs> I know. On Dude, you put 10 bucks <laughs> on that, man. You're having a good day. Uh, real quick, the Lakers, you know, from my perception, uh, one, LeBron is such a drama queen. Like, it's so annoying. Like, oh, I need fans now. It's like, all right, all right, come on, man. Like, really, you need fans. And two, it's just, it's the problem that LeBron has had his whole career is because he wants to play with the heavyweights, you're left with a, a substandard squad behind them. AD's a beast. And yeah, he does look a little off in the bubble because the whole Lakers look off in the bubble. But the fact that they don't have, you know, like Avery Bradley, Rajon Rondo, a couple really good defensive guards, uh, couple that with like Kyle Kuzma's hitting game winners for him, like that shit ain't going to last. You know, they've got, uh, uh, what's his name, Quinn Cook. I mean, it's a bunch of scrubs behind what's there. LeBron had actually a really decent team around him last year. 
and he traded the whole thing away to get AD. And it's just like, it's going to blow up in his face and it's going to come. He's going to blame it on the bubble somehow, you know? Oh, you know, we were rolling before and, you know, so mm -hmm. blame COVID. So, so two, two, two things on, on those points, John, first of all, Kuzma, you see his quote after he hit that three, he said, Oh yeah, Jesus Jesus couldn't guard me in front of me and I'd shoot it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah okay bro like congrats you'll shoot it but you'll make it one out of 44 times Devin Booker Jesus is there you half court and he's yeah, like <laughs> he's like I don't I don't shoot to miss yeah that's that's the mentality you need exactly. second of all imagine if LeBron had the mentality of I won't even go as far as saying a Jordan or a Kobe but even of a Devin Booker like a guy who if he actually was like you know what I'm gonna do this Win, lose, or draw, it's going to be on me. He's so scared of failure. It makes me sad. Mm -hmm. Like, he has – I don't need to say this, but he has every physical gift in the world. Oh, yeah, minus a good hairline. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's – well, he he got that taken care of. So yeah, it's, it looks really bad. It looks like it looks like a divot right now. It looks like somebody pulled out their five iron and like you know shanked Car- one off his head. Carlos Boozer just like spray paying <laughs> hair yeah. on, right? <laughs> yeah. Like. But, dude, if he had that mentality, if he was like, nobody can stop me, I'm going to – he should get 20 free throws a game. But he's a mental midget. He is. He is. I like, that's I a think good the, way to put it. The, I think he's stronger than you're saying, but I noticed one thing on the court where I can see his insecurities. Did you notice he always finds a camera now? Yes. It being in the gym, like he is always – his eyes are just always locked in on whatever camera is on the game. I, I'm not kidding. Like I've seen that both games I watched the Lakers, like he's doing that all game long. So that's a guy that's grown up in front of the camera, in front of the media his whole life. So it always has that look to it. But I think when the when it comes down to it, even though I just picked the <laughs> the Clippers and OKC to maybe uh play in the Western Conference Finals if that's possible. Um, I just think he'll take care of business when it's necessary. But the only thing I have questions on is just Anthony Davis and how he's going to fit in with that offense and the bench. But I don't know. I just wanted to touch on that. So. Uh, I, get, I get what you're saying. And Anthony Davis has never done it. You know, that's the other thing. And yeah, that's LeBron tough. hasn't done it often. You know, he's, what, three yeah. for six in finals. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I don't want to turn this into a whole Laker bashing. I just – I thought it was odd how they've been playing because I've watched a couple of their games like you have, Matthew. And I'm just – it's a lack of cohesiveness. It's literally the opposite of what the Suns are right now. The Suns yeah. are such a cohesive unit on their first team, their second team, the rotations. I mean – Matthew, how many times did we murder Monty this year on his rotations? It's like, dude, quit tinkering, man. It Figure was, the shit out yeah, and win with it. Was it was all year. All year. And then these seven games, he's like perfect with it. But he also Every, has help from the bench. They're actually producing. So but he's go. putting the right guys in the right position to be successful. When you're bringing Elia Kobo in instead of Javon yeah. Carter as your first guy off the bench, you're not putting yourself in a, yep. a, in a position to be successful because he's not a great defensive player like Javon Carter is. And he can't shoot the three and he can't distribute. I mean, he goes around and, you know, he can get an occasional – you know, steal. But I mean, other than mm-hmm. that, I mean, Elliot Kobo just didn't have the skill set that was uh, going to put you in an opportunity to win. So, I mean, the Lakers are the anti Suns right now. And again, I'll kind of end this podcast where we left off. You know, we're seven and zero. It's so much fun to see this. As Justin was saying, it's like joy. I think that's the perfect way to put it, Justin. The joy that you feel right now. You know, I, I got into one of those fun little text message uh, arguments with one of my buddies who was very upset because guys are kneeling. And he's like, I don't agree with it. And I'm like, you know what? That's your choice. And it's their choice to take the knee. And, you know, that's okay. He's like, well, I refuse to watch Suns basketball for it because of it. And I'm like, this is a friend who's like a really big Suns fan. I'm like, you are missing the best stretch of Suns basketball in a decade. But at least you have your morals, buddy. And then I just said, Suns, 7-0. and And then my, it's actually one of my brother's friends. He's like, dude, did you just like end an argument with one of my buddies saying Suns 7-0? I'm like, that's fucking right. That's what matters, man, because I'm happy right now, and I don't care what's going on in the world, and there's a lot of shit going on in the world. You cannot stop this pure and utter joy that the Phoenix Suns are giving us right now. So yeah. I'm going to drink Dude, I, my I, beer to that. I just got I, – I, as we're sitting here, I, I'm getting text messages in a group text with guys who literally – like. I don't know that they even watched a single game before this bubble. Oh, yeah. And they say, I got – so does that mean the Suns don't have a chance to get into the play-in tournament? No. And then my buddy sends this long message about explaining what's happening. <laughs> he's, he's, he grew up here. Him and I have – I've known him since high school. 20-plus years. I've never talked Suns with him before the past 10 days, man. It's the beauty of it. This, have- it's, 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 it's going to bring 
us back to where like it's we're starting to get into that we're, we're, we're working towards building this team back to where they were in the early 90s in the mm-hmm. Nash era where they just captivate the entire valley and that's what we need we are a basketball town first and foremost Cardinals, people love them, but guess what? They've had a lot of losing there pretty much their entire franchise history. The Suns, when you go back to thinking as a little kid and the Phoenix Suns were winners, and then as you grew up and you were in your 20s, at least for me, I'm in my 30s now, and I was in my 20s, I was at the bars watching Suns playoff games. You know, there's a whole generation of kids out there who've never had the ability to go to a bar and watch the Suns playoff game. And they're going to have the ability to experience that. And it's just like you said, it's just going to continue to grow and grow and grow. Because that's the funnest thing, man. When Devin yeah. Booker hits a three pointer and you're in a bar, it's high five unless it's right now because it's like air five from like across the bar but i'm i'm getting the same thing i'm getting texts from people who like i'm like oh you're a suns fan oh you're trying to talk to me about rotations that you think the suns should be doing yeah i'm like do you know who you're talking to i really follow the suns dude like i'm a nerd yeah my dad um for 32 years i've never seen him he just popped up out of nowhere (laughs) did he talk to you about the suns or is that just a random no he just needed money that was it yeah Well, on that note, I think that we're done with this podcast. Uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us. Remember, as always, you can rate, subscribe, and review both Fanning the Flames and the Sun's Jam Session on the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, just press the little subscribe button. We appreciate it. You'll get all that quality Sun's content that we consistently put out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. I'm Matthew Lizzie. And you can follow Justin on Twitter. At so says Jay. And I'll say to, even though he's not here, Paul is at Dervish of World. And the, our pod is at Fan the Flames NDA. Fantastic. Well, we appreciate you hanging out. Next time we'll get Paul on here. Paul, you are missed. Uh, Smorgasbord. Smorgasbord. Thank you, boys. Thank you. Go home. Love your family. Yeah.